BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Welcome to Three Yards Per Caddy, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf, and Simon. And we're on, and welcome to another edition of Three Yards Per Carry. I'm Alfredo Artiaga. I have Chris Coppin here. I have Simon Clancy here. So it's a full boat today. Now, it'd be great if we had something to talk about, but it's... Yeah, tell them the catch. The catch yeah, is that the, the we have. The catch is that you do get... Look, you do get all three of us, all right? So you do have that going for you. What you don't have going for you is this is... I don't know. I don't... To, to not use a dirty word this is near the crack of the anus of the offseason oh wait that was our tie-in our tie-in to the to the tie-dye tie-dye rainbow buttholes that's is that where we're going with this because i can't wait might as well read that story and get it out of the way because you oh man so evidently this is going to be the the it thing this summer uh is is you know, the, the thing that everybody will be doing this summer is tie-dyeing their butthole into rainbow colors. But first, you do have to. I mean, there are some tips. Like, and, and I just, I, you know, from bunnyears.com. No, no you know, this is, yes. <laughs> from from bunnyears.com, you know, some, some tips about this. It's all about the prep. You, um, you can't forego the bleaching entirely. You have to, you have to, you have to bleach it and start off with a full, of course, a, uh, you know, a blank canvas. Mm-hmm. And then I guess you just, um, you just kind of like dip your butthole in some colors and die. But you gotta like put some, you gotta like put Vaseline on the rest of your butt. Cause you don't want a whole butt. That's, that's like a rainbow. There's a TV show over here called, um, fuck what's it called? Uh, I can't think what it's called. No, pretty much. Um, uh, it's called something, something, something. In, oh no, it's called the only way is Essex. Essex is a region of Great Britain in which mm. certain people have um, quite sort of. All right, love, I speak like this, uh, um, and I go out on weekends, get really shit faced, and uh, try and get off as many people as I can. That's like Mrs. Ross's like English cousin. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And um, but on it, 
about two years ago, they talked about dyeing their ass or bleaching their assholes, which became a bit of a thing in the media over here. So it's been around for a while in Britain, you know. Mm. Yeah, you guys are first. Well, yeah. Simon, you've got one. Tell us, our listeners, what we're what they're missing. <laughs> yeah, I, I've got I've got I've got two bleached assholes. One is called Chris, and the other is called. Alex. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think this is why Tannehill was uh, was drying his taint for so long. This is the <laughs> gentlemen. He was prepping. He was prepping for his uh, his procedure. His wife is uh, is kind of high maintenance. I could see her kind of like you know just you know putting her fist down. Fist <laughs> uh, or up? <laughs> now, how desperate are we that we're? We're gonna about to engage into some NBA draft talk, and oh, Simon, man. as we speak, is logging on to MLB.com to look over his Milwaukee Brewers and how they're. You know what? Actually, and this is a podcast thing. We're gonna talk about the NBA draft, and in the time that it takes us to talk about the NBA draft, Simon is gonna learn baseball. Yeah, I mean, I know loads of shit about baseball now, so it's all good. <laughs> should we quiz you first, or should we talk about the NBA draft? Talk I think we should quiz first. first. No, talk about the draft oh. first because I'm engaged in uh, three separate conversations on WhatsApp at the moment. So you can talk about that. I can finish my <laughs> WhatsApp conversations and then I can pay full attention to the questions such as what is an RBI, which I'm pretty sure stands for real bad injury. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't really. I'm not that oh, quickly, let me, anyway. Dan, let me give you one. What does war stand for? War? Yes. Stuff, what that, Ameri- stuff that Americans start all around the world and then... Well, that's like, our thing. That's our thing, you know? Yeah. We wouldn't be American well, if we didn't do that. But America, what does that American war baseball. stand for in baseball? I, I, I walk on... Nope. Rabbits. I have, no, I have no idea. I've not even heard that before. Walk on rabbits? <laughs> Wins war. against replacement. Okay. Do you know that once the character I... character on Star Trek. Do you know that once I appeared on Seattle Radio and um, with uh, <clears throat> a guy called Jason Plunkett and Cliff Averill, the uh, great Seattle Seahawks defensive end, and announced in an American accent the starting lineup of the Seattle Mariners for their game that evening? I was asked to do it in an American accent. And then I had to do the, I, had, I think they were playing the, the Royals, and I had to do the Royals lineup in a British accent. Apparently, it went down an absolute storm. But I mean, yeah. All right, all right. Do a lineup, and I have to hear this American accent. I'm presumably not Mrs. Your, Ross. Do your drafting first, and then okay. come back because I can carry. And try and keep your conversations straight because if you come back to us and you start talking about, you know, like, uh, uh, well, I don't know what what you're going to vacation plans or something like that. Then yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, that's all good. Go and do your draft. Go and get Zion Williamson and do your little chat. Oh, welcome, so welcome, welcome to NBA Draft Chat. <laughs> That's an inside joke. Way inside. Way inside. As inside as uh, Mrs. Tannehill's fist. Uh, yeah. And, and it, as inside as a bleached asshole. Right, I'm still here, but you can talk while I'm while I WhatsApp. <laughs> All right. You only notice the important parts. I'll, I'll, exactly. I'll, I'll just lob a softball to you, Chris. Mm-hmm. None of this trading up stuff is real, is it? It's just a bunch of bullshit just being thrown out there before the draft. He it, it won't stop Heat fans from talking about it. Heat fans talk about the most impossible things every offseason, and they are convinced they are real. Yes, <laughs> that they and, are really going to happen. I remarked to you because today. of one because of one impossible offseason that really did happen. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. 
and no, and a few. You gotta be, you know, fair is fair. No, I, Pat no, Riley has pulled off the impossible. Back in the day, you're right. You know, you're Pat right. Riley did trade a pile of crap to the Golden State Warriors once, and got yeah. Tim Hardaway, a five-time All Star, in return. Mm, so yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. It's a long so time he, ago. He but. has done things like that in the past. He also did trade a poopoo platter to the Lakers and got Shaquille O'Neal. Okay, and got them their first championship. That's a baseball term, folks. Yes. Just so you know. <laughs> yeah. So it's happened before. But what yeah. I'm reminded of is every single offseason, everybody on Heat Twitter wants to remind me how under the radar a star Julius Randle is and how they <laughs> need to go get him this offseason. Of course, they didn't get him last offseason or the one before that. But he's available this year. If he's so under the radar every single year, is he really under the radar? Yeah, he might be under the radar, but what he's not is under the cap. So, no. um, <laughs> and he's going to be expensive. People are going to be shocked. I'll make a prediction. July 5th or 6th, somebody will go on Twitter and say that he's overpaid. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I'm almost certain of it. Well, we're gonna the the Heat are gonna get Chris Paul, so uh, so that's that's the definition of overpaid. And all eighty billion dollars of his contract that are left on 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 the books, which yeah, is only that lovely. much. Uh, so much of it has gone away. <laughs> well, there's only two years of it left, so. You know the Heat. Uh, to be honest, though, the Heat like are kind of hyping this draft a little bit. You notice, um, yeah. like they're, it's almost like you can tell that whoever they end up picking, whatever they end up doing is going to end up being sort of a focal piece of a marketing campaign. Um, you know, they're like, they're not, maybe not the focal piece, but I mean, it's like, you know, we're getting ready to hype the next justice Winslow or something like that. You know, that's, they're definitely, they're definitely rolling out some hype with this draft. And maybe that's why people are thinking, ah, oh, you know, they're, they're going to trade up. Now there's talk about like Dion waiters being a trade target of the golden state warriors. And, yeah. Okay. Um, all right, guys. The thing that that would get me excited get is that they could get <laughs> out from under a bunch of these contracts. Yeah, and it would. I told you earlier today, like, there's no doubt in my mind. Like everybody was saying, oh, you know, uh, Goran Dragic is going to go somewhere for a trade up as a mm. sweetener to a trade up. I, I doubt it because every single team out there who's a contender knows that Goran Dragic could be had at the deadline for a future first round pick. And it'll mm -hmm. basically be whoever whoever's future first round pick is best can get a Goran Dragic, uh, you know. Yeah. So, but I mean, isn't is that so much better? Is that so much than say the Heat trading up to what Phoenix at number six? I, I saw that speculation. Yeah, that's the thing. Uh, you know, but would Phoenix like? Is that something that Phoenix would want? Like, I would say it, Phoenix would want a Hall of picks to get up there to six. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not sure. I don't know the draft chart for the uh, for the NBA, that's for sure. And let me it, tell you one thing. Is six shouldn't be – No, it's got to be insane, though. Yeah, six shouldn't be all that exciting to begin with in this draft because the more you read as far as, like, what the common sense thinking is on this draft mm. is that it's really a draft that has three superstars and then everybody else is really interchangeable. Yeah, it's I'm not about, even sure it's like three superstars and just, you know, one. Well, it depends on what one. you think of R.J. Barrett, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, R.J. Barrett's going to be good, I think, but, you know, we'll see. Uh, really, it's just Zion, right? It's Zion and then, and then okay, well, you know, we'll see on some of these other guys. Well, John Moran. John Moran. You know, John, I, you know, I love him as much as anybody, but, I mean, it's not like uh, this, is, this is not uh, another Zion. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, of course. Well, then who, we'll close it up with this. Who, who, who do you think they're going to get? I think P.J. Washington makes it there. The more I read it, mm-hmm. I think he makes it there. I think they take him. I think, like, he checks every box. He even went to Pat Riley's alma mater. So why not, right? Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I, you know, what I was reading today, I, I feel like I feel a different way about this every day. But today, uh, you know, I'm reading about Romeo Langford's prowess in the pick, high pick and roll and and uh and the heat kind of making a late sort of a late visit you know having him in today and and talking to him and working him out and stuff like that I'm kind of wondering about that I'm kind of wondering you know if he's if you really buy that the thumb injury was really impactful in his shooting this year and the surrounding cast was so bad that you know it didn't always look so good um you can explain some of those those uh those negatives for him you can explain them away by circumstance and maybe the heat go for him um he's not my favorite but uh but you know you look at his effectiveness and pick and roll and that's it's like oh, okay that's that's straight up Miami heat stuff yeah um, romeo langford romeo langford in my opinion the idea of romeo langford is better than the actual mm-hmm. romeo langford yeah, well, and and that's the that's the thing though. I mean, it, it was true that that is certainly true this year. If you watched him in Indiana, um, it's just a matter of okay, did the thumb factor into that? Did did the surrounding cast factor into that? Um, you know, and do you buy that? And that's 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 what remains to be seen. That's what's going to be interesting. I kind of got a feeling there, you know, um, on on him and the heat because because of that because of the way he fits and um and the heat seemed to sprinkle pixie dust on guys and and make them better defenders so um so you know i think he could be a better defender or they will think he could be a better defender i think as all right before old. we bring before we bring simon back into this thing here <clears throat> he's asleep before he's oh, right here snoring i've got a, i've got a question actually so you carry on doing your shit and then i'll ask you a question <laughs> all right cool one last question on this Woj is reporting that mike conley is going to be traded before the draft well the draft is on thursday today is monday so i'm not a math major but that leaves two days so it leaves two days for a team that's been linked to mike conley for years and i mean years since before the <laughs> The, since before the big three era, Mike Conley was linked to Miami. Do they make a move? They sure do have the pieces to get him if they want him. And how does story? He... I've seen his parents. I've, I've seen his parents. He's going to the Grizzlies. Well, that's where he is. Oh, is he? Yeah. Is he? I thought it was meant how you see it here. Yeah, if he's going to the Grizzlies, that would be awesome because that means he's returning on that giant contract that they've been trying to trade. What a coincidence. <laughs> So you have no interest, Chris? Uh, no, it's not that I have no interest uh, at all. Um, you know, I, I have no real opinion of it. It's sort of like, okay, you know, that'd be interesting. It's a yawn but it's move, not. in other words, right? It is. Like, you, to me, it is. Yeah, uh, it doesn't move the needle at all, really. I mean, un- unless, you know, you're just using it as sort of having a little street cred for what you're going to try to do next summer. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and, like, hey, hey, got some things to offer. Well, Jimmy Butler supposedly wants to be here, so wants yeah, to everybody here. wants to be here. We just don't have any money to give to anybody. <laughs> yeah, but I, I kind of you, know, you saw, you saw it like when in Dwayne's last, last like home game, yeah, with Jimmy Butler, right? I mean, it kind of like, kind of looked like he really does want to be here. <laughs> it does. It really does. 
Yeah. But, you know, we need the money to give them, you know? Yeah, that's true. Like, what are we going to say? You know, play this year on a promise that, you know, trust us when we tell you that we're going to give you $30 million a year next year. But you got to play this year for five. Yeah. I don't think that works in the real world. <laughs> I think Miami could raise the money for him, crowdsource it by, um, by selling – by selling tattoo or fake tattoos for buttholes. <laughs> yes. Or just like Jimmy, them. Jimmy, Jimmy, but Jimmy Butler tattoos on your butthole. Or just give them a bunch of duffel bags into the table, which I never understood how that's not a thing in pro sports. <laughs> salary cap, salary or cap. Chinese marketing deals. Here, how, how much are we over the cap? Three million. Okay. Here's a duffel bag. Yeah. Well, just, you know the, those business ties is what you gotta or what you gotta watch out for. Like exactly, some, right? Some affiliated like, company or friendly company gives you a marketing deal. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that Dwayne Wade was all up in China searching out all these upstart shoe companies yeah, yeah. That, that gave him a hundred million dollar contracts. Right. Mm-hmm. All right, Simon, shoot your your questions. Okay, so my questions, my question, my points are that the Pelicans, okay, that just traded Anthony Davis right to the Lakers. Yes. Mm-hmm. they've got the first overall pick and the fourth overall pick is that right yep right so first overall pick is going to be zion williamson williams williamson yes. yeah mm-hmm. i mean right that's a given right absolutely given. going to new orleans which is the, one of the best cities in the world let's just put that out there mm-hmm. so they've got they've got lonzo ball coming in is that right yep lonzo and yeah Drew brandon holiday ingram. brandon ingram yeah. was really really, really good they, yeah, they got Ingram coming in too. They do not have Kyle Kuzma because apparently he's off limits. Okay, I heard uh, and I read, so I haven't. It's not like I've been told, but apparently they're looking to trade the fourth overall pick potentially to the Wizards for Bradley Beal. Is that true? Mm. If they do that, the, the the Pelicans all of a sudden become a playoff team overnight. How how quickly with all these new players coming in? And losing Davis, but getting Williamson and whatever. How quickly can they? Because I don't know where they finished last year, or but how quickly can they turn it around and become a force? Oh, a force! You're talking about whenever they have well, the cap space to add another star. So when can they? So, but when can they? When can they be a team that pushes the Raptors, the Bucks, mm. the Warriors? Well, all, all the teams are in the Eastern Conference, so they don't have to play them. So you talk no, about, I would, yeah, but I would just think in terms of years, I would think three years before three years, okay. comes to maturity yeah. of some. You but know. I think they make the playoffs right away if they if they land mm-hmm. Bradley Beal, and which is also interesting that the the Wizards are preparing an offer of ten million dollars a year to the Ra- the Raptors GM Masaya Jui. Yeah, that's right. And, and they're promising they're not going to arrest him. Yeah, okay. they're making. Yeah, well, that's kind of important. And they're going to make him the richest general manager in all of sports. So we'll, you know, I don't think that they'll give him the $10 million after they trade one of his best players. So, uh, I see what you're saying. I so see. I think that's a move. And the draft is on Thursday. So we kind of got to, you know, we got to hurry yeah, up here. Got to hurry up here. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and how good is Williamson? Well, he's six seven, two hundred and eighty-two pounds, and he moves. I mean, I've seen as, him, and it, yeah, it looks like a fast and as end. quick and as twitchy as any athlete in the history of the sport. And he has every skill that you could want, except you know, consistent outside shooting. But that's something that's going to develop. So he's going to be really good. I think he's going to be really unless good. he gets fat. But I don't know. I, have, have you seen what he looks like? Does oh yeah, I look like a guy that wants to get fat. 
well i don't know about wants to get fat but i'm just saying like if if he gets if he gets fat like you know watch out well, well i was sitting around in a when we were watching the lottery and I was sitting around talking to some of the Miami heat beat guys and I, and I was telling him if he turns into Charles Barkley, is it a, you know, is it a, a disappointment? Charles mm. Barkley is like a 14 time all-star first ballot hall of famer. True. And I think that that's really what you're looking at. Like kind of like a Charles Barkley, a guy who's yeah. dominant in the paint at not, you know, not very, very tall, six, seven, but he can play power forward in this league because of his, mm-hmm. his, you know, first of all, he elevates over everybody. Yeah. And he's supremely skilled. He's going to be faster than every power forward in the NBA. So, like a Charles Barkley is what what you're thinking. Yeah, he's okay. going to be Charles Barkley. And if he's Charles Barkley, pray to God that he's Charles Barkley. Yeah, that, that's a really really good get. It's not LeBron Absolutely. James, but LeBron James is an alien. That's a once yeah, in a lifetime yeah. thing. That's the thing. Like I don't want to fall into is like ah, oh, he's another LeBron. It's like well, we haven't seen LeBron until LeBron. So how can we make that prediction? Yeah, you know, like those are those are once in a lifetime things that just don't come around very often, <laughs> you know. Any more questions? No, that's it. All right, All right. Let's do some baseball talk. All Let's right, do it. Tell me what you've learned <laughs> in the right, last Simon, ten minutes. You are now a Milwaukee Brewers fan. I am. Go Brewers! All right, name two all-time Milwaukee Brewer greats. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> 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 I mean, seriously. No, Robin Young. No, no, oh, not Robin yeah. Young. Robin Young. 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 That's a T. Okay. Okay. Ronnie fingers with the great mustache. Cecil Cooper. Oh. oh. So he did. Does. I just pull something out. Yes, he. He's I've got another name. Stuff. He's looking. I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I promise you, my phone is on my lap. I promise you. All right, I've got another name for you, and I only know this because I watched the game the other day. <laughs> okay. Although I might get, I might bastardize his pronunciation. Paul Molitor? Molitor. Oh, Paul Molitor. You know, I used to have his. You I know, I said have... Raleigh Fingers. Paul Molitor is probably the second best brewer yeah. of all time behind Robin Yount. I had like his, I had his rookie card once upon a time. His rookie nice. card was actually really, really expensive, Chris. Yeah, I know. It was worth and like I, about 800 bucks. I noticed, noticed I said had. <laughs> oh, Do you, you know the, the first thing. baseball player I ever knew? Go ahead. Phil Neathrow. You mean you make that was, was no? Wasn't he the knuckleball king? Yes, Phil Necro. Yes. Necro, oh, okay. He's Necro, the guy who Necro. was cheating, like, and he was Necro? caught on the mound, and he kept telling the guy, "Look, I, I don't, I'm not cheating." And he had a bunch of gunk on his hand. Should I tell you how I know that? Because when I was a kid, I watched a, I had a documentary DVD uh, video. DVDs weren't even invented there. This was 1986 of the Bears. 1985 season, mainly because it showed the video of the Dolphins beating with Clayton's great catch long on his back. But I, I often would watch this, and they used to. There was a game in the wind at Soldier Field, which Jim McMahon played quarterback and completed a number of knuckleballs that would have made Phil Necro jealous. That's how it was announced. I think it was Steve. I think it was an NFL Films thing. That's how huh. I know. That's how I know he was my first baseball player back in '85. There you go. And that is why that, you're a Brewers fan. That's why I'm a Brewers fan with Christian Yelich. As of right now, with Christian Yelich, are game up on they are. the Chicago Cubs. They are. Yeah. So. Thanks to my man Orlando Arcia. There you go, <laughs> Lorenzo Kane. The Brewers also have one of the best celebrations in all sports. Their mascot jumps into a big vat of beer after every home run. I don't know. If oh, that's mean. just fantastic. 
I could not be a Bruners fan. What a job that guy has. (laughs) (laughs) It's his thing. It's like it's a Brewers thing, and he comes down like a little slide. I don't know if you've seen it. There's like a little slide in the outfield, and as soon as a home run is hit, there he goes. There goes the mascot. He's in the little slide, and he falls into a vat of beer. That is an astonishing mascot. I I reckon the queue for that job is longer than like season tickets at Lambeau. (laughs) Yes. By the way, also beautiful. Miller Park, one of the most beautiful ballparks in all of the the country. Yes, absolutely. Seating capacity of 41,000. Yes, yes. And (laughs) supposedly, you know, good, you know, as far as like their fan base, it's been pretty consistent. And, and, you know, it was pretty good before, even before, you know, they were this good. Do you know what the Brewers' first name was? Hmm, no. <laughs> you that's don't, a, do you, fucks? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> I Milwaukee. No, I thought the Milwaukee Braves, weren't they? No, they weren't. They had one season playing at a place called Six oh, yeah. Stadium. They were the Seattle Pilots. Wow. In 1969. I thought wow. you meant like like first name as in their surname or the Brewers, no. and their first name is Milwaukee. The Brewers yeah. are also... The, the holders, the current holders of probably the best contract in all of American sports. I don't know if there's Christian a Christian Yelich. Player. I don't know if there's a soccer player somewhere in the world who play who's as good as Christian Yelich is as a baseball player who makes as little and for as long as Christian Yelich will make with the Milwaukee Brewers. Which is I watched Moneyball movies. again last night, by the way. Isn't that a great movie? I mean, it's a really fun movie, isn't it? Yeah, although I didn't, I didn't, I didn't realize that Paul De Podesta didn't like the the um the book, uh, the Michael Lewis book, and not that he didn't like his portrayal in it, but just he didn't like the celebrity that came from it, so refused mm-hmm. to use, allow his image or his name to be used in the film, which is why, um, uh, what's his name? His character is called Peter Brandt because he's yeah. essentially a made-up name of the two assistants that Billy Bean worked with for for a long time. Yeah, mm. he didn't like he didn't like uh, how it was romanticized mm. that that he was solely responsible. You know what I mean mm-hmm. for changing the the direction of the Oakland A's. Although it must be pointed out, the movie makes it seem like he did it with a bunch of crumb bums. That team, even mm. after losing Isringhausen, after losing uh, Jason Giambi and Johnny Damon, that team was absolutely stacked. They had a, an all-star at shortstop. They had a pitching staff that had three all-stars. Oh, Zito. Two, Didn't they have Zito back then? They had Barry Zito and they Barry had Tim Zito Hudson, and... who were both yep. Cy Young candidates. Yeah. So that team was absolutely loaded, even after losing all those players. But it is a fact. They did it with a $30 million payroll. And they were going up against teams that were spending $150 million. And that yeah, was almost that 20 years ago. That was 20 years ago. And he's still um, – he's still um... – there isn't he still with yes. the uh, A's? Yes, and he Where's... turned down. The end of the movie is absolutely true. He, he, turned, yeah, he turned down, down a multi-year offer from the Red Sox to be the from John Henry, yes, who is the owner of Liverpool. Yes, with and his who used absolute to... rocket of a wife. Uh, he also used to own the Marlins. Also, he did. Yeah, John he Henry. Did. Yeah, now owns the Boston Globe. Mm-hmm. There yeah. you go. We've gone full circle. Yeah. What a from first, arsehole bleaching yes. what a to the Seattle Pilots. Podcast. I mean, wow, that's this is the bleached arsehole of the NFL season, and we have stuck it right in the middle. You know, somehow yeah. we've wandered into the final episode of Seinfeld or something. Like this is <laughs> <laughs> all right, Simon. Take us to break, and on the other side, we have Twitter questions. 
coming up, there will be no mention of puckered assholes. That is all I can promise. Now, this. Hey, it's Seth Levitt here from the Fish Tank with my main man. OJ McDuffie, the Juice. And Juice, we've got a special guest over the next two weeks in the tank. What's up, everybody? It's Pat Sertan, and I'm officially diving into the Fish Tank. If he was better than Peyton, yeah. he definitely wasn't better than me. Oh, there <laughs> so we that's go. What so that's what I wanted to get, get yeah. at. <laughs> that's where we're going with it. Did you mm-hmm. and Peyton ever play against each other in high school? Absolutely. Beat him 35-7. 35 35 wow. Get out of here. Oh, yeah. I had three rushing and two passing on him, accounting for all five touchdowns. <laughs> <laughs> How did hands <laughs> all of them. Yeah. Hey, Pat came so, in here saying he doesn't remember stuff, but he remembers. Oh, I remember that. that. Make sure you dive into the tank to hear our entire interview with Patrick Sertan here on the Five Reasons Sports Network. You can catch up on what you've missed and hear new episodes every two weeks until July by searching The Fish Tank on Apple Music, Google Play, Podbean, Spotify, or wherever else you find your favorite podcasts. Or was it me? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> was it We're time? starting. Like that. We're keeping it. Good cool. Uh, well, welcome back. Uh, it's me, it's him, and it's him. Um, we are three yards per carry, as I'm sure you know. Uh, and Alfredo has some of your questions. So, dude, hit it. All right. And this one is from our, our basically our fourth co-host, and that's Paul D. Anslinger. He manages to get into uh, every oh. single one of these. Okay. Yes, it does. Cody has he has so many questions. He has, he many, has many, many, so questions. many questions. He's a naturally curious person. Yes. Like, clearly, At clearly. Cody Anslinger. All right, and he writes, and this is just general. You, Simon, you could take this one first. We talked about a lot about this guy, and he simply asked, "Will Preston Williams make the Miami Dolphins roster this year?" Uh, Poldy, first of all, dude, get a hobby. Stop <laughs> thinking of questions to ask us. All He's right, hot stop curious. it. Stop it. Um, no, I'm joking. Uh, your questions are very welcome. Um, I think he will make the right questions. Yeah, exactly. I think he will. Uh, I mean, there's a long way to go, and he's got a lot of work to do. But his physical talent is so, um, I want to say rare. And it really is. You look at the size, speed, combat. You know, people sort of downgraded him because he ran a 454 at his pro day at like six foot nine and 212 pounds or whatever ridiculous <laughs> size this beast of an animal is you know um I, i've often talked about it and i don't know how much stock you put in it but you know you look at players instagrams this dude is always fucking working out i mean always working out whether he's running around around a hula hoop or he's in the gym or he's pulling a sled or he's working with brandon marshall or he's out on a field catching 600 passes or whatever dude cares about his craft um and if he's got his head screwed on and if he's the sort of person that, you know, it looks like he is and people have talked about how he matured a little bit towards the end at Colorado State, I think he's got a great shot at making it. And I think if he, you know, if he can be as good as he wants to be, I think. And if he buys in and if he is mature, both physically and mentally, I don't see any reason why he could develop into the best receiver on the team. I really don't. He's got that sort of talent. I think there's a role for this in the offense and it's going to be a consistent role. And if, and when Devonte Parker starts, you know, doing the thing that frustrates us so much, then who's going to be next man up in sort of that role, I think could be Preston Williams. So he could be more productive as a rookie than a lot of people are thinking. Yeah. And I'm also thinking that all this good press that Devonte Parker has gotten this off season, including a piece in on ESPN.com 
that named him one of the, the bright spots of OTAs, whatever mm-hmm. that means. <laughs> I think maybe they can parlay all this good press from Devontae Parker into a six-round pick. Maybe. <laughs> and if I, they do, I don't think they will, but, I mean, then, yeah. yeah. So, who knows? So, I think at some point you've got to stop giving players away. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, I mean? the, some... especially the young ones, right? Yeah. All right, more Twitter questions. And this one's from Dan Tapia at DTAPS13. And he writes, why is, young, why is a young quarterback learning on the bench not a thing anymore? Well, I could answer that hmm. because Cam Newton happened and because <laughs> Lamar Jackson happened and because – No, Big Ben started that, remember, That's like true. 2004. Yeah. Well, to be fair, Dan Marino played in what, the sixth game of the season? So Yeah, I mean, no, Dan Marino was awesome, but then there was like a big – there's almost like until Peyton Manning had his great last 12 games of the year, you know, after starting off the first four, throwing picks left and right, mm-hmm. um, you know, nobody had even seen a rookie doing what Peyton Manning had done in that year. And then like fast forward a couple more years and suddenly big Ben, he didn't lose a game as a rookie. <laughs> yeah, like I, I looked it up, like he didn't lose a game <laughs> and he was awesome. I mean, he was, so he kind of started it. I thought, yeah, it's just not a thing anymore. Yeah. All right. Well, also the the contract and the the cap stuff, and you only get four years on the contract, and you know that I, I think that that's that's really contributed very strongly to the lack of patience. All right. Now this guy gets right to the meat of the issue, and I want Simon. I want Simon to take take this one. This is from Jacob Weiner, Doctor Weiner. Yes, the guy's name is Weiner. We. Yes. <laughs> Cut out my laugh because that's unfair. <laughs> Look, that's a doctor, Simon. I'm being a, I'm being a dick. What kind See of what did there? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Doc. All right, this is a very meaty question. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Who will be more productive this season? I love this question, by the way. Who? W- this is the question. Don't here. try to make up for it. I love it. Who will be more productive this season? Rosen or Fitzmagic? Ooh. Simon. Um. Uh, what do you mean? What do we mean by productive in terms better of yards or wins? Or... Let's, let's well, boil it down to who has a better year this year. Well, Rose, well Simon, or Simon, you, you you decide that. Like you decide what productive means to you. Yeah. Okay, I I think I think because it will be uh, I think Fitzpatrick will start the season, mm-hmm. but I don't think he, there's no way he's going to play 16 games at 58 years old or whatever he is. He's not going to last the entire season. He'll get a separated shoulder or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think Rosen will come in and perform. I, I think he'll perform well. My uh, and ultimately, the the biggest question I don't think necessarily will be answered because look, if he doesn't win the starting job already, you're thinking he's not going. You know. That's kind of it. It feels to me like if he's going to be the quarterback of the future, you've got to win the starting job. You know, it's not like he's a rookie. He's had a year's. So therefore, if he doesn't, if week one, they announce, they announce the start as Ryan Fitzpatrick, I think you are absolutely on the clock with Tua and with Jordan Love and, you know, Justin Herbert, whatever. I think yeah. at that point, you're like, right, we are absolutely nailed on that that is where it's going to be. Unless all of a sudden he comes in and he performs lights out. But I, I think if you don't win the job, you know, he's going to have long enough to win it. That's right. And I know he's talked about how, you know, he's trying to get up to speed. And that's, you totally appreciate that. He's trying to get up to speed in a totally different offensive system. Verbiage is very different, all that sort of thing. I, I, I get that. He's a bright guy. He assimilates information well. 
but you know it's it's clearly taking time but if across that six week period he does not win the starting job then you are tick 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 on the clock with the quarterback in 2020 and I don't care what anybody says because I just don't think you're all of a sudden going to turn it around in a position where you come in and you know turn in a sort of pro bowl type performance to, at which point you say QB's off the clock it's it, you know let's let's talk about AJ Epineza or let's talk about you chase mm-hmm. young or let's talk about you know the, yeah the ridiculously fantastically leggy defensive end at penn state who just said you're too gross matter um yeah i i think so i think he will be more productive but i think it will be because fitzpatrick gets injured i just can't see him playing 16 games and look there's gonna be a point where we'll start the season against baltimore he'll throw five touchdowns we'll lose 51 49 <laughs> or whatever it'll be an absolute sex show Second week, he'll throw four touchdowns in a you know triple overtime losing effort, and then after that point, he'll throw nine picks in in each of the next three games, um, <laughs> uh, and then you know he'll his one of his legs will fall off, and that will be it. Um, but yeah, I think I, I think ultimately it'd be Rosen, but I, I suspect he doesn't win the job. Mm. Well, it is interesting that Josh Rosen has already laid down the gauntlet and said that the. The quarterback battle hasn't begun yet, mm. so obviously that—that's what you say when you've lost it so far, right? <laughs> right? You know, like I haven't begun. Likely story, sir. <laughs> yeah, I haven't begun to fight yet. Yeah, because yeah. he's been knocked down eight times already. Yeah. All right, Rocky. All right. This um, is from Arturo Aguirre. I don't know if you wanted to add something, Chris. No, not really. I think just Fitzpatrick probably more productive to be, um, you know, my opinion and. Is he going to have that Cinderella? We talked about that Cinderella season he had with the Jets um, mm-hmm. where he threw 31 touchdowns, and it was in an Earhart Perkins offense you know, under uh, Chan Gailey, and now he's running another one. You know, Maybe lightning strikes twice, but also I can, you have to consider who he was throwing to back then yeah. with Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker. Um, and, and who he does not have. We just talked about Preston Williams and, and Devontae Parker and how there's a role for that in this offense, but when he did well in Tampa Bay, he was throwing a Mike Evans and those two big tight ends. And when he did well in the New York Jets, he was throwing a Brandon Marshall, Marshall and Eric Decker. And there seems to be sort of a commonality. And I don't know that we have like those big dominant bodies at receiver. I think we got smaller, faster dudes. And I don't know how he's how he's going to do with those. So, um, so I, you know, ultimately, yeah, Fitzpatrick probably more productive, but I don't think it's going to be impressive. All right, we got two questions left, and one of them is an absolute doozy. It's one of my favorite questions that we've ever gotten for Twitter Q&A. But I'm going to read this one first, okay? This one's from Arturo. Is it about boobies? No, it's it's a brilliant question. This is from Arturo Aguirre at Turo23, and he writes, why is Kenyon Drake not looked at as our starting running back? (laughs) It's an interesting thing. He is. You read every no, not really. If you read everything that's been written this offseason by all the beat writers, even by people like us that we talk, we talk about the running back position as a whole. Mm-hmm. And even Kellen Balage has gotten more more pub, especially from coaches that keep talking him up, and they talk about mm-hmm. how Kenyon Drake is all exciting and he makes big plays, but they don't talk about him as as like our signature player on offense. They right. talk about the position group. I don't know what. Mm. What do you think, Simon? Um, I, I, I mean, to me, and we've had this conversation before. To me, it the two words that stand out for me with Kenyon are "prove it." 
be consistent. Mm. You know, the, the, whatever people say about Adam Gaze and whatever people say about the offense, Adam Gaze isn't a stupid man. Um, there was a reason last year that Drake wasn't starting ahead of Gore. Uh, and people were like, oh, you know, Gaze didn't have a clue what he was doing and he should have started Drake and he wanted to lose. Nobody wants to lose. Do you, do you genuinely think that Adam Gaze was working 18-hour days because he wanted to get fired? He clearly didn't want to get fired. He wanted to win a Super Bowl with with the Dolphins. didn't work out for him, but it wasn't because he sat there and saw this guy every single day, was around him every single day in weight room, in, in practice, in team meetings, in everything, and thought, you know what? I don't think you are the best option for this team as a starting running back. Mm-hmm. The, the, there's a reason for that. And it's not because he wanted to get sacked and it's not because he didn't like Kenyon because by to all intents and purposes, he's a really good kid. But there has to be a reason for, for that. There has to be a reason flip, that it, Would the flip side to that argument though, Simon, be that maybe just, maybe Frank Gore was just that, I mean, cause he was genuinely good, right? No, he, no, he was totally yeah, good. He, he, he was, was totally good. good. So was he genuinely good? And as you see, and, and it goes further than this too, because as you see Frank Gore, he was genuinely good with us. I expected to be complaining about that all year and I couldn't complain about it. Right. Because no, no, absolutely. Um, really but, but look at Damian Williams now too. Cause yeah, you know, Damian Williams is another guy that, that jumped in and like, you know, forced uh, Kenny and Drake to share time. And then Jay Ajayi before him. Well, Damian Williams is about to be the bell cow for one of the best yeah. offenses in I mean, Damian Andy Reid thumbs up. <laughs> like, I mean, you know, Damian Reid essentially revitalized, as good as Mahomes was and he was, mm-hmm. he revitalized that offense and helped carry that team yeah. to the, you know, we know that Pat, you know, there were some miracle plays along the way. But, you know, you look at some of those games, and especially when um, the running back got, got lobbed, you know, all of a sudden Damian was stepping up to the plate, 100-yard games, multiple touchdown games, big mm-hmm. in the playoffs. You know, and that wasn't a coincidence to me. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think Kenyon Drake's role, whether whether he's a starter or whether he, because I, I think he can become a bigger version of James White, a very very versatile chess piece that can catch the ball out of the backfield, can line up at receiver, can line up in the slot, can carry the ball, uh, you know, and you know run on every down. And you know, Chris, you and I have talked about this ad infinitum. He's a big fucking dude when you're yeah, up close to him. Way bigger than um, his listing. Absolutely. You know. Absolutely. But, you know, do, you, do do they look at that and think, I tell you what, why don't we start Balage and let's just move Drake around all over the place. Let's get him carrying the ball. Let's get him in the slot. Let's yeah. get him in motion. Let's get him, you know, because that's what Brian O'Shea, uh, Chad O'Shea and uh, Brian Flores and uh, and the team at the Patriots did so, well, not Flores specifically, but that, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's what they did versatility was the key to that offense every year they changed the facade of that offense whether it was a you know remember that year where they they came out and first game of the season they ran I can't remember who it was but a running back who didn't last very long he played about four games for them but they ran about 35 times on a Monday night for any had like 198 yards and then four weeks later the dude was cut and then the following season you know they barely they might run the ball three times a game. Yes, exactly. That's exactly who it was. The following week, the following year, they might run the ball, you know, three times a game because Brady would take those one step drops, throw the little screen pass dump offs to, to Welker or Edelman or whoever it was at the time, you know, they pick up three or four yards per game. And that was just like their running game. Then they had Randy Moss and it was deep outs and bombs and all that sort of shit. Then it, you know, so I think versatility is going to be key. So I just want to see Kenyon. He's got so much talent. He's got so much natural ability. Just, um, just 
just prove it on a more consistent basis. I think three things have gotten in his way. One, one I already alluded to is that, you know, genuinely the guys that have been with him have actually been pretty good when they were here. Right. I mean, yeah. Damian Williams ended up being what we what you talked about in Casey. Frank Gore was really good last year. And Jay Ajayi ran wild in 26. I mean, he was excellent in 2016, right? Oh. I mean, he didn't even have very good offensive line play. And yeah. he was doing that. And then when, when they ditched him in 2017, he went up to Philadelphia and ran through to the Super Bowl. And, yeah, he's got an expiration date on his knee, and that's why – I don't think he has a job right now, but but he was good. Like he was good when he was taking time away from Kenyon Drake. Damian Williams turned out to be good. Um, you know all this stuff. So that was in his way. That was in Kenyon Drake's way. Um, I don't. You can argue. Does he have that now with this Kalen Balaj, who was a you know kind of a late round draft pick and had a few flashes last year, but maybe he's not on the same level as them. Um, the offensive line blocking. Run blocking has been atrocious yeah. in Miami since, really since uh, since Tony Sperano was canned. So so I mean that if that even gets to like a mediocre level, like what happens? And um and and the third thing, you know, I think um in the three years that Adam Gase was here, they had the fewest number of plays in the league. Yeah, and, and and that included the first fewest number of first and second downs in all of the NFL over those three years because we couldn't convert a third down to save our life. So, um, so if you alleviate all three of those pressures, like a lack of plays, a lack of first and second down plays, uh, uh, even a mediocre run blocking unit, and not necessarily having the compelling players next to them that, that maybe we did once upon a time, uh, I know you don't want to hear, hear that, Alf, but <laughs> then, <laughs> yeah. then maybe you can make the argument that Kenny Drake is poised for, legitimately poised for a breakout. I think I tell I tell you who looks different physically is Belage. His neck looks bigger. His shoulders, his arms look bigger. He's he just dying. looks like a he looks like a much more. And again, this is only from Instagram, but he does look like a much more. He looks a much thicker player. Yes, he's um, big. That he did a year ago. He has done a he's lot bigger. of work. He looks yeah. bigger than he did last year. Last year he, he, he last year he just looked tall. Now the interesting thing for him is let's hope he doesn't lose any of that speed or that burst. Yeah, because obviously that was you know yeah. that was you look at what he was able to do certainly in that Vikings game for example. You but know, there was always to... something that frustrated his his coaching staff in Arizona State about him, right? Absolutely, absolutely. So maybe that was just maturity. Watch that. Definitely. It could be. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. All right. Now this question is one of the best questions we've ever received at our three yards per carry Twitter account. Okay. I thought the last one was. No, this is the one. Remember, I told you we had oh, two okay. questions left, and one of them was the, one of the best of all time. Okay. This one's, all right, this is, this one's a real head scratcher. You really got to think this one through, okay? And it comes from J at JBXYZ123, okay? And he writes at three yards, does John Denny have more snap yards than Josh Rosen has passing yards this year? <laughs> think about that. Every time you snap it, and well for a field goal it's seven yards when you snap it out of a punt it's 13 to 15 yards let's go with 13 yards i mean he, he i mean he, he might break the record for punt snaps in a season certainly <laughs> um um God, yeah really so tough Simon, give me an answer who who wins who wins this 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 uh this race <laughs> i i think rosen does really okay yeah. if we punt six times a game 
Mm-hmm. We're talking about mm, about 78 yards. Let's say he, he hits one field goal, one touchdown. That's 14. It's about 90 yards, okay? Roughly 90 yards of snapping for John Denny, which means that Rosen has to average 90 yards for an entire season. So he has to get yeah. around 1,300, 1,400 yards passing, which means that Fitzpatrick basically has to start half the year, at least. I'm, I'm still going with um... – I'm still going with um, with Rosen. It's a good question. Reasonable, but... reasonable over under. I think. Um, yeah, I think so okay. too. All right, Kaufman. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Also, I'm gonna go with Denny. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, so, so you're banking he, on Fitzpatrick playing about uh, ten games. I would say. He's also, John Denny is forty years old. Is he a lock to make the team? Do they have another long snapper? Well, we've got this. Actually, they do have a pretty Farnsworth, long snapper. Is it Wes, Wes Farnsworth? Yes, yes, he is actually. Free agent? He's, oh, a legit, he's a legit. He's pretty decent. I mean, this could be Does John Denny belong on the Ring of Honor? Ah, uh, no. No, he's, he's fucking a long ball here for 36 years. Like, that doesn't count the only right. The only Ring of Honor he's going to have is a tattooed butthole. Uh, we said we wouldn't say that anymore. <laughs> We've li- we literally now have come full circle. Um <laughs> Any team that puts a long snapper on their ring of honor deserves to be bombed <laughs> by a government or a militia. And that's it. What was interesting, uh, what was it last week? Everybody's making fun of the Buffalo Bills when they kept calling Terrell Owens, Buffalo Bills legend Terrell Owens oh, on their website. That's embarrassing. No. And the Bills have some nice players that they could point to. Why would they do that to themselves? Did Terrell Owens play for the Bills? Yeah, one season. Did they? Okay. I mean, <laughs> they did that, but is this a running joke? Because I swear they did that with somebody else, like when he became a Hall of I think they've done it twice, but then they, they, they doubled down on their mistake. Uh, you know, it's a Buffalo but, sense yeah. of humor. Yeah, yeah so it must be. It's a Buffalo be Bills because, thing. So you think that I remember our Hall response was something about Thurman Thomas being a Dolphin legend. Yeah, oh, yeah Chris Carter, right. Chris Carter, Dolphin legend, Chris Carter. Yeah, Dolphin legend, Chris Carter, or something. Um, I've just got so I've got a village notice I'd like to put out there, which is I'm going to Philadelphia in uh, a few weeks' time. Um, I've never been to Philadelphia. It's one of the American cities I've not been to. Um, so any, I, I, so I've heard. Um, Tell me some, uh, and just send it to you. Just send it to me personally on Twitter, or to the three yards if you're that bored. Um, what what's good things to do? Good places to eat, good places to go, good stuff to see. Uh, it's a work trip, so I'm going to be filming some shit and all sorts of stuff. But if you are a Philadelphian, hook me up. That's okay. that, that's it. Now that's I, all I got. I got a question. I got a question for for Simon. Have you ever had a cheesesteak? Uh, no, I haven't. Well, you're going to have one well, now in Philadelphia. I am. Are they good? Well, uh, I've never had one at Gino's as a Philly cheesesteak, which is the, the most famous place in probably. What's it called? Gino's. Gino's. G-E-N-O. Okay. Cool. And there's another one across the street from that place, but Gino's is widely regarded as the best. I've never had one there, Sweet. but I've had plenty before. And if done correctly, they're very good. If not done correctly. Is it just melted cheese on a steak? Pretty not much. Right. But the steak is chopped up very, very, very fine. Okay. And it has cool. to be on a sourdough roll, a large nice. sourdough roll. I can, I can do that. All right. That's it. We've given you everything in this show, okay? For it, for this being too much. the Far worst too much. part. I mean, bum holes, sourdough, baseball chat. 
NBA Brewers. draft. And, and Brewers, Brewers. All the bees. All the bees. Buttholes, Brewers. <laughs> Milwaukee Brewers talk. Bread. John a Denny. Bit, a little bit more. Balazs. More Preston Williams talk. We even did that. Yeah. So Gosh. that's it. There is no more next week. We'll talk to you about something else. I don't, I don't know what. You know, hopefully the fallout from something. the NBA draft. Yes. yes. We'll, we'll talk about the aftermath of the aftermath. NBA draft. When the Heat will have everybody. Perfect. Have just Randall, and, Mike Conley, Zion Williamson. They'll have everybody by next. next and then I'll preview Monday. the NHL draft. Exactly. Oh, we got to do that. Do that. The, the Panthers have a high pick. So, yeah, we got to do that. I mean, literally nobody gives a shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's it. There is no more. Talk to you guys next week. Thanks for listening to Three Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.